Well, here we are then for another TNC Podcast Live. Thank you once again for joining us all, whether you're on Facebook or YouTube or listening back on iTunes. It's a real pleasure to have you along. Um, if you aren't aware, Norwich City are relegated. We'll be playing our football in the Championship next season. And uh, what better way to react to it all than to uh, do one of these podcasts live. I'm joined once again with my good friend and uh, TNC partner, Chris Reeve. Um, Chris, how are we? I really, really wish that you would stop saying, how am I, to begin the podcast? Because it's like injecting me with anger because <laughs> I'm not well. I'm really not well. I'm, I'm a broken, frustrated, very angry, slightly delirious man. I, Are I'm you not... laughing because if you don't laugh, you'll cry? Oh, mate, 100%. Like, without a shadow of a doubt, uh, it, it's comical. It, it's been absolutely comical. Um it just just the way that we've whimpered out without a fight is it's just been really pathetic and i think you know there's been a lot of things that have been said and a lot of people have danced around it for a while but i think what's very evident um from today's shambles is that talk is cheap talk is so cheap and no matter what you say in the pre-match no matter what you say in the post-match um you know, the talking is always done on the pitch, Jack. And, you know, that goes for both the players and, and the manager. Um, and for me, for me again today, uh, we just rolled over and let West Ham tickle our belly. And, you know, um, Antonio, quality player. Yeah. I went on West Ham Fan TV before the game started, Jack, and said, look, if you if you boys beat us today, sorry, if you boys lose to us today, then you deserve to go down. And I'm sorry to be so negative, but they really would have done because we're just a shambles all over the pitch. Um, some of the quotations for the, for the players that we've been, you know, that we've supposedly had Jack are just, just crazy. Um, and, and I'm, and I'm so, you know, what I'm actually just really frustrated about, you know, I've, I've read things on social media tonight about, you know, fans telling other fans how to feel. You feel what you want. If you want to be angry because your team have been relegated, you're allowed to be angry. You're allowed to be frustrated. I don't give a shit whether we were told before the season that the expectancy was that we'll go straight back down, which, by the way, I think is a terrible mindset to have going to a football season. Um, I, like, but, but then I also empathise with the fact that, you know, it is bigger picture, it is perspective. I get that, but don't start telling people how to feel it. Yeah, I mean, I'm frustrated. I, I love my football club. And I'm so angry at the way that we've whimpered out without a fight. Definitely. Uh, if you're just joining us, welcome. This is our TNC podcast live. We're uh, we're doing live streams throughout the rest of the season. We have been. If you are new to the YouTube channel, hit subscribe. Uh, or if you aren't new and haven't subscribed, hit subscribe. When every time we go live, you'll be notified. Um, we have already received hundreds upon hundreds of comments. Um, we're probably going to be on here for an hour plus tonight. So um, feel free to continue commenting and we will hopefully get to them. But before we get into anything else, I just want to say, you can see on screen now, um, we've released a Kofi page. Um, now, the link to that is in the top line of the description and also the top line of our Facebook post. And what Kofi is, is basically a page in which you can donate three pounds or more if you're feeling generous. Uh, and it just basically helps us continue doing these live streams. These cost money to do um, and help us continue to produce content. So you've, if you've enjoyed what you've seen throughout this Premier League season, um, then please do think about maybe donating. And if you do donate while we're on stream, if you've got a question, leave a question 
on the donation tag and we'll see it and we'll read it out. We've got more chance of seeing them than we have the comments tonight. So thank you to everyone. Uh, if you have enjoyed the content, maybe just think about donating a few pounds. No stress if not though, top line of the description. Um, okay, Chris, let, let's start with today and then let's work backwards. And then at the end, we'll work forwards and try and plan for next season. I know it seems crazy that we're already trying to plan for the championship, but that's what we've got to do now. First of all, what was your mindset going into today's game? Because West Ham were another team who, if we wanted to stay up, were going to be one of the ones we, we needed to beat. They're in and around the, the relegation zone, or were before today. Um, and it was probably our most devastating defeat to date, wasn't it? May they they outclassed us. Um, you know, I don't, you know, West Ham have, have been, you know, average is so fair to say that they've been actually below average this season considering the quality that they've got in their squad I remember going to the London Stadium and uh, watching Felipe Anderson absolutely tear us a new one I thought cool this is going to be a long season um, but they've pitted out they've been really poor they deserve to be down where they are um, and we made them look like Brazil um, you know we sat off um Again, we are doing zonal marking. It's literally insanity, Jack. It's insanity. How have we still kept that as a as a way of, of doing things? It's just ridiculous. And you know what really scares me, Jack, is being honestly utterly humiliated in the remaining games. Don't forget, we've only got them in Manchester City and Chelsea to play. Mm. Um, you know, and, and if we play like today, um, you know, these will be cricket scores. Uh, you mm. know, and I, I genuinely think that we we might get the record loss in the Premier League. Honestly, wow, I, I mean that, Jack, and I, and I and I and I genuinely mean it. Like I'm not even just saying it. I I don't know how we're going to possibly keep out Manchester City or Chelsea when when we've gone and, and lost four nil today to to West Ham. Uh, we were utterly woeful. And the thing that the thing is, Jack, right, is my question to you is, do you think Daniel Farker actually cares? And I'm sorry to sound really maybe antagonist and, and I'm not trying to say it to, to cause debate, I promise you, because what the fuck is he doing sitting on the bench tonight? Yeah, for the drinks break. Show that you care. Give us that passion. Your players need your leadership. What sort of... What sort of um, response would you give jack if your manager is sitting there just slumped in the bench you know just not say anything like just just passive laid back um you know not taking control and actually you know what if you don't like your players because you've fallen out of them fair enough but at least do it for the supporters because we're all sitting at, at home kicking our telly kicking our tvs in in frustration i just i cannot see why why that has happened today the attitude I don't understand, Jack, and it's and it's arrogance, and it's arrogance, yeah. and and, I, and, it, and it hurts me to say. But, but what do you think about that? No, it's it's a good point, and it was something I picked up on, and, and the Sky um, or the BT commentators did as well. And if they're picking up on it, they're not watching Norwich week in week out. We had that in the back of our minds. You've mentioned multiple times on these um, on these live streams that you've been frustrated with Farker's communication during them drinks breaks and throughout the season, whether that's substitutions or in press conferences. But I think that was the real moment in which it kind of pricked Norwich fans ears today when we, I think we were one nil down at that point, the 25th minute drinks break comes up and, uh, and Daniel Farker, I think he was standing. I got 
picked up by saying he was sat down, apparently he was standing up. Whether he was sitting down or standing up, the same thing was he wasn't talking to his players. And, and my frustration there was, if I'm in a time of crisis, which Norwich City are, they're on 21 points, they are by far the worst Norwich City Premier League team in the history, if we're looking at points, they're miles and miles behind our previous um, worst total, which was 33 points. We're on 21 points with four games remaining. We're not going to get to that total and we're not going to get there by some stretch. So we are in a, in a, in a crisis in terms of Premier League um, form for Norwich City. And we've got a manager who's put his team out. The team selection was OK, but, you know, that's the Jack, Jack, Jack. It's the same team that was in the championship. It's not okay. I'm not saying that's Daniel Farker's fault because, of course, he hasn't been given the resources. And it says a lot about how shit the signings have been that he's brought in, by the way, that he's chosen to bring into this football club because, because they've not been good enough. The fact that he's had to select a championship team to try and stay in the Premier League for me is just that it says it all. But sorry to interrupt you, mate. Yeah, I think I think if we'll get on to recruitment later, and I'm seeing loads and loads of people already commenting about that. Um, we've we've got to look at Stuart Weber as well in that, and also the you know the the scouts and everything because, like you say, it's been horrendous. It's only really been Sam Byram, and I know we've talked about that before, who's performed to a relative level, and that's not that impressive. He hasn't played too many games of football, but that was real alarm bells for me. Um, it, it looked as if Daniel Farker didn't really care when we conceded another set piece on the first goal and then another set piece on the second goal. He was just sat back. And he work on set pieces all week, Jack. Work on set pieces. Work on your mistakes all bloody week. I mean, you, week. You you need to, I don't understand, Jack. How can you work, even if he has worked on them all, all week with his team? How can that happen? How can it happen? And Jack, you know what is, is, is you know, really been key for me, really key for me. We've heard it from Hux in the in the last uh, live stream that we did when he when he asked a question to Holty. We've heard it from Holty. And I was on BBC Radio 5 Live after the match, straight after the match, which was interesting because I was really furious and wanted to swear a lot. Can't do that on the BBC, you can do it on TNC. And Dion Dublin said it. And do you know what he said for any for the people that haven't listened to it? Dion said, you know what stuns me? The fact that no one's talking. No one's shouting at each other. No one's talking. In fact, we've heard it from Adam Jury on Twitter as well. I think you actually tweeted it, Jack. What is going on? Like the basics of football, the fucking basics. Talk to each other, you know. And, and and I'm not saying that the players need to have a pop at each other all the time, but hold yourself accountable. And there's a motivational way of doing it. You know, Adam Jury said it. You know, you know, if he wasn't having a bad game, Hux, Hux would pull him up and say, "Adam, you're bloody better than this, mate. You're Adam Jury." And none of that. And we've said it, Jack. These critical conversations <clears throat> aren't happening on the pitch and off the pitch. They're not happening. And if those players are playing like they are today, but but it's the fact that we haven't got any leaders, Jack, that are on that field, true leaders. Now, I've got a ton of respect for Alex Tete for what he said after the game today. Want to want to say that. Um, it's typical that we wheel out Alex Tete, bless his heart, to go and do that interview. But good on him for saying what he did. But you can feel it. The guy's struggling to breathe because he cares that much about our football club. And then there's bloody Josip Dermich, who's halfway through recording a new banger with Calvin Harris. It's a joke. It's all wrong, Jack. The recruitment is wrong. The, the players that have been selected has been wrong. The, the recruitment's been wrong. The structure's been wrong. The, the Just everything all over the pitch. And I'm just so ashamed to... to 
be let down in this way because I know Stuart Webber came on and I know he said that it was all bonus ball, but that it was kind of artistic at that point and we kind of bought into it. But as the season got on, I thought to myself, hang on, why are we listening to this shit over and over again, the same stuff? And the, the point blank thing is losers make excuses, winners take responsibility and they pick themselves up and they crack on. And they, they the excuses are excuses in the, the day. It's as simple as that. And all we've done all season is blame VAR, blame injuries, blame we've blamed everyone else, but take accountability. If we're not winning games, change the system. Yeah. If we're not changing the system, you need to hold people accountable. And, mm. I, and I, I'm just I'm fed up of it. I can't, I can't believe that Norwich City, a team that we've always said fight to the death. Have this season, have today, let's talk about today still, have rolled over. Yeah, we went 1-0 down and, and actually I look at those players walking out and it wasn't, it didn't look like to me that, that Daniel Farker had given them a motivational team talk. It looked like just that they were told to get out there and probably enjoy themselves. And Oh, you know that you're, you, you're good enough, you're good enough. No, 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 no. You, you know, mate, we're so far off it. We're so far off it, it's scary. We've been fighting for for relegation. And it honestly, like, I genuinely think there would be League One clubs that would have given, given that team a very good game today. I'm yeah, sorry. no, it, it's um, it's clear as day, isn't it, that, that we are miles off the pace. And I've watched a, a lot of championship football in, in recent weeks. And I'd say we're off the pace to a lot of them squads as well. Uh, let's get a few a few of your comments in. And Jack Wicks, he's commented all in capital letters. I'm not sure if that's a mistake or purely to show his anger. But he says, defensive rehaul needed. We conceded over 50 goals last season. Seeing Godfrey and Aaron's go wouldn't bother me. If we didn't score lots of goals last season, we would have been mid-table in the championship. It's hard to disagree um, with any of that, really. Chris, I was really interested listening to Darren Eady on BBC Radio Norfolk today after the game. And he raised a point which I spoke about last week. And I'd love to hear everybody's thoughts um, on this in the comments section. There's over a thousand of you watching on over Facebook and YouTube. Um, so comment below what you think of, of what we're talking about tonight. And if you're new to YouTube, please do hit subscribe. Darren Eady was saying, Chris, that this team is on 21 points this season with a minus, I think it's minus 40 goal difference now. And we're valuing our players at extortionate values. Ben Godfrey, um, we came out in the week, or the club came out in the week and said, or Sky Sports reported that the club came out in the week and said, we're holding firm on £50 million for Ben Godfrey. He won't be leaving Norwich City for less than that. Similar valuations have been um, touted about for, for Max Ahrens, Jamal Lewis, Todd Campwell, the younger crop. And I'm not saying that these are poor players. I don't think that Ben Godfrey's a defender. His positioning scares me. Um, and it doesn't look like he's learned um, that much. I think he's powerful. I think he's clever. He's got a great shot in him. I think he's a midfielder. But how on earth can Norwich have the um, have the audacity to value these players at this level when they when they can't even compete in a in a prem, in a bottom tape bottom of the table Premier League club? It it baffles me. Um, two points on that, Jack. The the source of that was the scum. Um, Sky. Um, I'm pretty certain that the scum reported it before Sky. Um, so I'm not believing that. So I can't accuse the football club of, you know, over-egging player fees if it's not come from from a source that, that I view as, as uh, valuable and credible. But what I would say is I think that the young players have in the last few games been poor, like the rest of the team. Of course they have. 
you know, and, and you know, I, I, my, I love Jamal Lewis. Uh, of course, I'm a massive fan of, of Max, of Todd. I think that those boys have been excellent for us this season. They have been excellent for us considering circumstances. They really have. There's there's a reason why the top clubs have started to talk about Max Aarons because of his Premier League performances, particularly at the um, midway through the first half of the season. Um, I think that the young players have been hung out to dry. I think that the young players is a trend with Norwich fans that we just want to blame something else because the experienced players haven't done their job. It's the experienced players' job to look after the young players. Yeah, we know we're a young team, but actually, I'm, I, I, I don't understand why all of a sudden this is an issue because those young players, yeah, they were the reason why we had the energy to compete in the championship and get up and actually win the league, Jack. I know Team Impuki scored a lot of goals, but my God, those young players were incredible last season. So I don't think it's fair to throw the, those boys under the bus. I don't. I agree that the fee that's supposedly been quoted is, is absolutely through the roof and would be ridiculous if we got that. It goes without saying. Um but but for me, I think that that's incredibly harsh to 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 blame those young players because the person that if you if you want to if you want to blame anyone for the way that we've gone into the, into the restart, the buck falls with Daniel Farker. It's as simple as that. Okay, interesting. Um, thank you to everyone who's um, who's donated to our Kofi page. We've had lots of people donate already. Uh, let's get a question from there. This is from Shaney, NCFC. Sorry, we've covered our face. We'll be back in a moment. Uh, I'm really disappointed the manner of the defeat today. We looked deflated. It looked like we were already beaten before the game had begun, making the same mistakes time and time again. Chris, we've talked about that, haven't we? Um, it, it looks as if from the from the very off, except for that bright 10 minutes against Watford, in which we took the lead for a few minutes, yeah, it on. looks like we're coming out of the blocks. We look like a, a, a greyhound that's gone limp. We're, we're, we're falling out of the blocks. And it's um, where, where does that come from? Is that a management thing? There were lots of people today on Twitter, and, I, and we don't necessarily like to speculate because, you know, we, we try and talk in fact here on Talk Mirror City. But... There was a lot of people saying today, it looks as if Daniel Farker's lost that dre dressing room. What do you make of that? I think he lost it a long time ago. Uh, I think that all of the right stuff is being said in the press conferences, but let's not kid ourselves, Jack. There's no way that those players are playing for the manager. If they were playing for the manager, they would have actually given it, like, honestly, you know, on the one hand, you've got players like Tim Krull, Todd Cantwell, and El Hernandez, who is so evident they are literally giving everything that they can to, to do everything for this football club that has given them an opportunity. And then you look at players like Duda and you look at players like Dermich, who we've actually put above the players that give a shit about this football club. And, and quite frankly, they don't give a tuppy fuck. They don't. And I won't have anyone tell me otherwise, because if they did, at least they would sprint. They've been jogging about the pitch as if there's some big time Charlies in, in a big league. Like, come on, guys. Like, it's more than that. You can't just rock up, kind of waddle around and hope for the best. Take responsibility, take matters into your own hand. And by the way, if I'm a player, why are you zonal marking? I'm sorry, like, I, I know this sounds a bit mad. And look, we've heard this from Grant Holt last week. I'm trying to, I'm actually trying to not share my opinion too much on it, Jack, because we've heard it from Grant Holt that zonal marking doesn't work. Yeah, it doesn't work. Now, if you're a player and you get spanked with this over and over again, week in, week out, set pieces, 
I would have put my mortgage on us conceding a, a set piece today and um, conceding from the set piece today. Why don't you just take responsibility into your own hand? And for me, as you say, Jack, we don't like to speculate, but it's clear. And, 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 and you know what? We've heard it from, from Russ inadvertently. We've heard it from Wes. We've heard it from Stephen Naismith on the Lockdown Tactics podcast. We've heard it from Cameron Jerome. I promise you, all of this will come out in the wash. Everyone's talking a good game at the moment. Everyone knows what to say to the press. But I promise you, when players leave, move on, it'll come out in the wash and people will realise that it's gone, it's gone wrong and, and, they will sh- and, and, and then we'll hear it. Then we'll hear the real deal. There's no way that the players are, are, are doing everything for their manager. Uh, but like, be, but likewise, I don't, I don't see that attitude or leadership from the manager. I don't, Jack. And I agree with Stuart Webber's approach to this li- to, to to this season in te- in terms of it's going to be it's going to be really tough. But this whole little miracle bollocks. What does that give the players when your when your manager doesn't genuinely believe that you've got a chance? You know, give some fighting talk. Back those players. You know, I know that people have, are saying that, that that we've that we've not we're not good enough, and people are saying there's no way that these players are quoted that. Seriously, some of those young players will, will, will go on to play for some of the biggest clubs in England. I, I believe that honestly. I, I genuinely believe you. Know, um, you know, Ben Godfrey is it's not a shadow of a doubt since the restart. He's he's been below average. Um, you know, uh, but you know, you look at Ben, Todd, Max. These all play for big clubs, for big clubs, and and the way and there's loads of stuff like this whole Daniel Farker now is bringing up James Madison. I think just there's it's almost like I feel like I'm engaging in politics. The whole reason why I don't like politics is that they beat around the bush, Jack, all the time. And at the moment, we're beating around the bush and no one's taking any responsibility. It's excuses from all over the shop. Why are we talking about James Madison saving our club today? I don't get it. I don't get it. Like, and, and we kind of got an apology today from Daniel Farker. We almost got there. Um, but, but, but I just wish that he said, you know what? I've got it wrong. Yeah, I've got it wrong. I should have changed this. I should have done that. And I'm re- and look down the camera and mean it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to all of the Norwich fans that the the team, including myself, have let down because we haven't got that. And I just see it as arrogance and and, and talking about all of these offers from other clubs and how we could have gone for more money or more resource. All right then. All right. If you're going to say that, just go. Just go. Like I really respect what he's done. I I, I think that. I look back to that last season and we were world beaters. Yes, our defence was shit, but just the way we were moving the ball, Jack, Mario Vrancic, Tom Tribal, you know, these players were, were giving everything for the club and, and Daniel Farke was working then and I respect him, but he's got it so badly wrong this season and he's not taking responsibility. And as a manager, you have to, it's part of your job and all of this media stuff, it's just, it, it just... It stinks for me. It smells disgusting. Welcome along to the TNC podcast live. We are dissecting Norwich City's relegation. We've lost 4-0 to West Ham at home today. Another 4-0 defeat. Uh, The key stat I thought today was, um, who was the chap who scored four today? Antonio. Antonio has now scored more goals at Carrow Road in 2020 than the whole of Norwich City's team. That's mental. That's utterly mental. We've had a few more people comment 
on our Kofi page. So thank you to everyone. Uh, the link is in the description to that. Um, basically, uh, we've set up a Kofi page. It helps fund these live streams um, and we can see your comments on there. So donate three pounds or more if you're feeling generous and we can get onto them. Uh, we'll get onto them comments in a bit, Chris. Uh, a man who I always seem to agree with, I think we view football in a, in a very similar fashion, is, is Rob Butler. I love Rob, good friend of the channel. And um, and he's watched Norwich City home and away this season. He's lucky enough to be able to to talk about Norwich City for a living, as, as, as a lot of us want to. Um, but I thought his tweets were absolutely bang on today. And to be fair to Rob, he's been banging on the same drum for... Well, for as long as I've known him, and and the, and in that time we've had a fair few promotions and relegations and as well. Have you got his? Have you got Rob's tweets to hand? Yeah, I do, Jack. And I and I wanted to. I really do wanted to um to read out Rob Butler's tweets because I I think it's a really interesting point that we should discuss. And I think that the people in the comments, I'd love to hear your take on these too. So Rob Butler, of course, BBC Radio Norfolk tweeted earlier. Um, my mentality as a person is always to try my best, dream big, be better, make the impossible possible. I really wish my football club had the same attitude. For too many years, it's been little old Norwich mentality. We need to start recognising how big we can be. We're never going to be the biggest club in England, of course. But look at Leicester, Wolves, Palace, all established Premier League clubs. I grew up watching NCFC as a team who were one of the best in the land. I do not like this just happy to be here attitude. Now, for me, Jack, my reflection on that person is I think I think it's harsh of Rob to say that the club don't have that same the club don't have that same attitude. Because as we'll reveal um, in just a short moment, the message that I've had from a board member today after the game. But I think it's very fair to say that the that there are there are plenty of people on the inside that that are quite content with just kind of going up and going down, um, and and I just think to, this season there's no denying it. You know, facts don't care about feelings. It's it's obvious from the results that not enough heart has been shown. I think the pl I think the players have badly missed the supporters. I feel like I've banged this drum so many times, Jack. But my I'm not buying it, mate. I'm not buying no, it. No, no. But the reason why I want to bring it up is because the fans have been slagged off. Yeah, over the last few seasons, you're not you're not making enough noise, back us, all this stuff. What a difference it makes. Because today, I actually think, you know what? If Daniel Farker, if you're not going to give the players a rollicking, the Norwich fans are going to make it clear how we feel about your performance. And I, and I think that they need it, Jack. I think that they need it. I think they need to be held accountable. I, I think that it, it comes to that. I agree with Rob Butler, with what Rob's saying about this little club mentality thing. And of course, there is the perspective of, it would be lovely to, you know, we, we are going, and a lot of people have said, well, actually, it's really good because although we've been relegated five times from the Premier League, which is a record, we've also been promoted a record amount of times as well, right? So it depends on, on which side you view it, you know, how 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 full is your glass of water, Jack? But for me at the moment, um, I think that Rob has got a really interesting debate. So let us know in the comments below what you think. You know, do we need to change our mentality as a football club? You know, do we need to... And be a bit more proud of who we are, of what we can be. And, you know, th there's been plenty of teams that have come up from the championship that um, have started from grounded roots and have grown and developed. I mean, Burnley, for example, I, look, I know that these clubs have got so much more money. I'm not blinded by that, but it's just like the basics. And, and there's a fantastic tweet that I want to read out now, Jack, because it, it, it's very appropriate. Um, and it was by a guy called Mark, who's at Old School Marky on Twitter. And he says, Mismatches all over the place. 
You want a difference between us and Sheffield United? Fucking basics. And Mark, I agree with you entirely. I agree with you entirely. Think about it, Jack. All of this flamboyant passing stuff, and, I, and, I, and I'm all up for that, and it's lovely and it's romantic. But I agree with Mark. Everyone's been making this comparison between Sheffield United and Norwich, and I've, I've struggled to get it. But actually now, I get it. They're organised. They're strong. They don't get bullied off the ball. They sit tight. They don't give away free kicks. They manage games effectively. Their manager is motivating their players beyond belief. Yeah, that is the difference between Sheffield United and Norwich City. Yeah, I've seen, um, I, you know, I, I really like Chris Wilder. I think you've got slightly different opinions on him, but his his CV speaks for itself. He's taken multiple football teams up. He's kept Sheffield United up and and more. You know, they're well in for a for a Europe, uh, European position. So I think you're right. My, my manager at work, he's brilliant and he constantly bangs on about be brilliant at the basics and the rest will come. If you're brilliant at the basics, that's that's a good enough grounding to then kick on. It's simple stuff. Like we were, we were talking with Holty in the week, weren't we? If you've got um, the ball in a dangerous area, hoof it long, get it to your, get it to your target man. That's not necessarily saying hoof it long all the while. It's just reading the game. And I think that does come with experience. I also think that's no, no. Let me finish. That's drilled into you um, by a manager as well. That's a that's a game technique. That's reading the game. That should come, especially after a season. Now I know a Rose lot of these Ed, players. Rosehead is is under fourteen stuff. Rosehead is under fourteen stuff. If in doubt, kick it out. I mean, come on, Jack. I I understand what you're trying to get out there, but. That particular point, you know, Rose Z is, is beyond basic. Like, honestly, I'm pretty confident that my younger cousin could kick the ball out. Like, I'm pretty sure, like, honestly, like, come on, Jack. I mean, we had this bullshit last season. I'm, I'm not buying this. I mean, Rose Ed, come on. Honestly, come on. It, it's, it's, it's basics. It's utter basics. Jack, there's a there's another tweet that I want to read, What I, which, I, which I really okay. want to read. While you quickly find that, I just want to thank everyone. This is our most viewed live stream of all time. Thank you for joining us. Keep on commenting. We're not going to be able to get through them all, but we will read them back. We always spend a long while after reading them through. And I just want to say, actually, this is all very doom and gloom. But over the past month or so, while we've been doing these live streams, I felt incredibly connected to all the Norwich City fans. So thank you for tuning in. Thanks for subscribing to Talk Norwich City. We are the largest fan-led YouTube channel on the internet. So thank you for, for giving us your time because that's very valuable. Chris, back to you. No, no, it's a great point, Jack. And just a, a very brief interlude. I, I have to agree, you know, I'm, I'm of course angry and frustrated, but um, I really am so super grateful that so many people have joined us tonight and at least we're venting together because... I feel like if we were in the stand, we'd be doing the same thing. So thank you to everyone for all your comments. It really means a lot. Anyway, back to the negativity. <laughs> um, a fantastic tweet today. And I must admit, I have no idea who, who he was until today. It's from a guy called Curtis Woodhouse. Mm. Former pro footballer, former British lightweight boxing champion. And here's the important part. UEFA A-licensed football coach. He tweeted something which, for me really took me back and I went, wow, that's cutting. But then when I but then when I read his bio and saw that he was qualified, I think it tells a fantastic story. And actually it's got a lot of truth behind it. So Curtis Woodhouse, UEFA licensed uh, qualified football coach, says, I hate watching Norwich. The arrogance infuriates me. Playing the right way, getting beat every week. Modern day football has gone mad. No defensive foundation. 
no spine, no structure, Imo, in my opinion, the manager hasn't given the club a chance of staying up. Not once has he been pragmatic. Now, cutting is very cutting and it's harsh, but I think there's a lot of truth in it, Jack. I really do. And when you've got people like Holty, Hux, Drury, they're all saying similar things, you know, and, and, and Curtis Woodhouse here, he's actually hinting that we've been too stubborn all season long. We've been too stubborn. I mean, again, we say this every week, old, the old Albert Einstein doing the same thing over and over again that doesn't work is, is the definition of insanity. This is insanity, Jack. And mm. my God, if we go into these last games doing the same thing over and over again, we are going to get mauled to death and we will be a national embarrassment. There's no way of hiding it. No, I saw um, I saw a tweet. I think it was the similar to what you've had today where I read it and I thought, and, I, and I, I was in this chair when I read it and I went, I was like, wow, what have I just read? But it was from, a, I think it was the Athletics. Um, no, it was the Manchester Evening News' Manchester United reporter. And he said, Norwich City are the most irrelevant side to be promoted to the Premier League since Derby County. He said, they haven't even given it a go. And you know what? I kind of agree. We've got 21 points. We've had some we had some memorable wins at the start of the season. But if you've watched us from probably probably November onwards, ever since that um, defeat to Aston Villa, I'd say, and I know that came at a time of injury crisis, but I think ever since that point, I genuinely haven't gone to Carrow confident and I don't think the players have as well. And ever since the restart, since COVID, we have looked not even a championship side. It's been embarrassing. We've been on national television every single week. My phone is constantly buzzing with friends who aren't Norwich City fans going, how on earth did you even get here? And it, and it, you know what? I, I don't have a response because we concede goals. We don't score goals. It doesn't look like we're trying. How can we possibly say that we're, you know, we're a Premier League team? We're not. We've been relegated with four games to go. This is the worst Premier League Norwich side in history. It's really sad. It's really sad that it's come to this. Uh, you know thanks to everyone who has been commenting. Do you, know um, Do you know what's really sad, Jack? The fact that what's happening right now before our eyes is a team full of champions with their, and their legacy is rotting before our eyes. Yeah, and, I, and I'm not, honestly, like, I am not going to sit here and put lipstick on a pig anymore. I'm, I'm done with that because Daniel Farker has been doing it all fucking season long. Yeah. These, the, what is happening in front of us before our very eyes is a team that have won the league. Yeah. We should be lauding them. We should be saying how fantastic they are. What, what a great group of close knit players they are and how they've fought against everyone else and they've defied the odds. And, you know, I'm not even, I didn't expect us to survive. I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying that, but I expected us to show some guts to show some fight, to show some determination. And and you know what, Jack? I believed people that said that that's cheap. And now I disagree. I don't think it's cheap. I think it's the basics. And we've not got the basics right all season long. And Jack, this summer is going to be really interesting, right? Because for me, and for me, it is now an if, if Daniel Farker stays, he's going to have to clear out that, 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 that you know, the, the, the changing room. I really do think that because the players aren't responding to him. The players aren't motivated by him. The players aren't clearly, you know what? Maybe Daniel Farker is actually giving the players the, the right instructions. Maybe he's doing everything he can behind the scenes and the players are just ignoring him. 
right? I, I'm, and I'm playing devil's advocate now, forgive me, but, but but maybe because we're not seeing any response. You know, how many times this season have we gone in at halftime nil-nil and then just and then just been rolled over? They're not responding. So if Daniel Farkas to stay, he's to clear out the changing room. I'm sorry, but it will need to be done, Jack, because I don't know how this current team, like a lot of people are saying, oh, Chris, you know, oh, calm down. And oh, don't get angry, Chris. It's okay. We'll bounce back again. I think that's all very, it's lovely. It's romantic. And I, and I, and I actually, believe it or not, I, I, before the last four, before uh, COVID hit, I was a very positive person when it came to football. I was very optimistic. And, and now I'm just seeing this dross over and over again. It's grinding on me and I can see right through it. I can see right through it. And if anyone thinks that this current team with Daniel Farker are going to be promoted from the championship, you are kidding yourself. You're kidding yourself. And it hurts me to say that because I, I loved that team that, that won the league. I really do. I really do. And it's such a crying shame. Chris, we've heard a, a lot of opinion on Daniel Farker and, uh, and I'd love to hear everyone, everyone's thoughts in the comments section. Are you fark in? Are you fark out? And I know it's not as black and white as that. This is a very nuanced debate, and I'd love to hear your thoughts down in the comments section. Thank you to everyone that's gone over to the Kofi page. If we don't shout you out in tonight's video, which we probably will do, uh, I'll email you tonight just to thank you because we've had loads of people out on there, and we really do appreciate it. We spoke a lot about Daniel Farker. Let's talk about Stuart Webber because at the end of the day, recruitment falls at his door. It's been all wrong, and, and everyone knows that. That's come out in the press. I think Stuart's admitted that on Stuart Hodges' podcast. Um, where do you lie with Stuart Webber at the moment? Because um, it was a similar thing with Huddersfield. Took them up. They eventually came down. They're now nearing the bottom of the championship. And I know that um, this season in the championship for Huddersfield isn't necessarily Stuart Webber's fault. They've you know moved on since then. But Huddersfield are now in the championship, as we will as we will be next season. We had Stuart Weber on the TNC podcast before this season. He described the season as 38, three, three hits. The tone was almost set, wasn't it? For it, The expectation was lowered to such an amount that when relegation did come and has come, it's almost accepted by some people. And I have seen some people going, why are you angry? You know, Well, I'm angry because my football club has been relegated for the fifth time. The only record we've broken this season is not only our lowest ever points total for a Norwich City Premier League team, but also the most amount of relegations from a Premier League. We consistently get to this place and consistently fall short. And surely some blame has to lie with Stuart Webber. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I, there's a lot of sense in what you just said, Jack. And, you know, a lot of people are, are right to be bringing it up now. But but one thing that we know for sure is that Stuart will be hurting beyond belief now. He really will be hurting beyond belief. And, and he is one of the good guys at this football club. He is one of the guys that care beyond belief about this football club. And I know this for, firsthand, you know, he doesn't have to do a lot of the stuff that he does, believe me. Now, uh, a, a personal story that I for some reason I feel appropriate to share at this point is my dad had a heart attack um, uh, about just before Christmas time and Stuart Webber messaged uh, Delia and Delia sent a handwritten card to my dad and that was Stuart Webber that, that organised that so it's very easy to say no one cares and all this stuff he cares about this football club but you know well, what I'm not necessarily about talking about people that care because we know Stuart cares and we've seen it should he be is where does the I don't think I don't think uh, of course he should take some responsibility, but the difference is Jack, he is taking responsibility 
and he will take responsibility because Stuart Webber is an honest, trustworthy, respectful individual who deserves a lot of a lot of respect from Norwich fans, like a lot of respect. The work that he has done since he's been here has been unbelievable, unbelievable. So I think that, but, but you know what, Jack, as well, everyone makes mistakes. And this season, the recruitment has been poor and the buck does stop with him. But don't forget, he's got a team of people to help him recruit around him. And also don't forget, and this is one thing that, that a lot of people don't even think about. Now, Stuart Webber and, and his recruitment team go out and try to bring the players in, of course. But Daniel Farker's got to sign it off. I'm not having people tell me that that Stuart Webber just forces Daniel Farker to, to have a player. Like, he's got to sign off. He's the one that's got to coach the guy. He's the one that, 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 that has the final sign-off. So I think blaming Stuart for the whole season is harsh, and I don't think it's fair at all. But I do think that the recruitment department at Norwich have got it wrong, but they know they've got it wrong. And I'm okay with people making mistakes if they're, if they're a good enough um, you know, if they care enough and, and the right culture is there for them to own it and admit it. I don't mind being relegated, but I mind being relegated if we just just protect, if we just buy these excuses, if we if we just buy the fact like uh, uh, even recruitment. I just I don't think you can blame recruitment for going down as an entity. I don't think that's the reason we've gone down. I think there's a number of things that that, that have gone wrong this season. And yes, Stuart Weber should and will take some responsibility and is to blame for the recruitment because it, the buck stops him. But, but he knows that. And and I think that there's a lot of people piling in on him now. Um, but but I didn't see you piling in on him at the beginning of the season when he only spent 700000 So at least be consistent about it. It's easy to, to have a pop at him now. But why? There's a lot of people that are doing that now but weren't at the beginning of the season. Well, so I, suppose, I suppose the reason for that is, and, I, and I'm merely playing devil's advocate here, the, the reason people weren't piling at the start is because we hadn't seen Ralph Farman, Patrick Roberts, Ibrahim Amadou, Josip Dermich, um, Lucas Roop, Andre Duda play football. And they maybe, maybe thought, Chris, that them signings would have been enough to keep us in this division. They should be enough, Jack. They should be. Those players... But they haven't been. I know. I know that. I know that. But I don't think that's necessarily Stuart Webber's fault. I also think that... But they were his signings. No, 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 no. Yeah, but we've got to... I really... I'm, I found it really uncomfortable having a personal pop at Duda and, and Josip Dermich the other day because it wasn't, it wasn't nice. But... but with Stuart Webber, I don't think I don't think it's as easy as that. I don't think it's as easy to just blame him or just blame Daniel Farker. I think that that's far too easy. We're a team. We're a unit. And and there's a lot of talk about um, you know there's a lot of other football clubs that are run horrendously and the culture is dreadful. So we need to remember that we are a unit. We are a team. We are the Norwich City family, and we do really care. And I know that I know that that's been fed to us, and we've kind of accepted it this season. But I, I'm not sure if I'm not sure if if we should be giving Stuart Weber as, as much grief as a lot of Norwich fans are. Okay, thanks, Chris. Um, we're getting uh, we're getting tasty. We're 42 minutes into the TNC podcast. Thank you for joining us. Nearly 1,500 of you joining us across Facebook and YouTube tonight. That's our most ever. Thank you. If you're new to the channel, please hit subscribe. John Boy, let's pile into this debate, people. Uh, comment below. Worth mentioning, Jack, as you pointed out, we have a record of being relegated that predates Weber's tenure. The constant in this is our board. I'm throwing shade. They clearly care. 
just pointing that out. Thanks, John Boy, for your comment. We've had a, a lot similar to that. Now, here we go. Let's get stuck into this then. Um, the constant here is, of course, Delia Smith. We all love Delia. We know that. But, and it, we, we, we've talked about Rob Butler's tweets that I agree with, and I, and I hold that opinion. I think many people do agree with Rob. Um, I guess the thing is here, Chris, is we have to manage expectation, right? And based on wage bills and transfer fees spent, we are 20th in the Premier League and we finished there. Okay, fine. Aston Villa are also going to be coming down with us. They've spent 100 plus million pounds. So spending money doesn't necessarily guarantee success, but it gives you a bit more of a fighting chance. Now, are you willing to sacrifice going forwards or not even sacrifice? I think when people talk about bringing um, investment in and new owners, and that often comes from, I don't know, um, you know, Arab money, whatever we're talking about here, people often talk about the ones that have gone bad, not necessarily the ones that have gone good. You look at Wolves, you look at Leicester. They're the probably most recent examples of of, um, of new ownership that's gone incredibly well. And mm. I just think that we have to manage expectations. I'd resigned myself to relegation very early on because we hadn't spent money. And we're going to be going down probably the most financially secure out of Bournemouth or Villa, who, whoever comes down with us. But if we're wanting to take that next step forward, that probably doesn't come under Delia, does it? But we're not we're not in the race to to win the financially secure award. That's not a trophy in the cabinet, Jack. It's just it's just it's lovely and it, and, it, and it looks great on paper. And the club tweet about it once a year, saying how fantastic the books are. But the fans don't. The fans actually need need more than that. The fans need more than that. And the thing that I say every time when we bring up this subject is. It's very easy to say, you know what? If someone says to me, we we need new investment to move forwards as a football club, I sure as hell agree with you. I really agree with you. Of course we do. But by the way, having spoken to her herself, Delia knows that. Delia knows that deep down. She knows that, of course, we need new investment to move forwards. Of course. You look at, as you say, Jack, Bournemouth, Aston Villa, when they go down this season, they are screwed. Like they are going to find it so, so difficult to, 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 I don't even know what they're going to do. It's going to be really interesting to watch that. And I'm quite thankful that I, I do support Norwich in that sense. Now, what I don't really agree with is when someone says, Dean is just taking the cream off the top. She's taking the cream off the top. She's, she's robbing us. She's pocketing the cash. Like, I mean, come on, come on. I mean, read read the books yeah when they're released re- actually read them i challenge everyone now read them look where the money goes the money's not going into delia's back pocket for god's sake we i i'm, I'm sick to death of this but i also agree with the people that are saying delia um i say by the way also we, we we're saying a lot about delia michael win jones is in this as well okay delia and michael win jones um perhaps should be more gutsy and say, no, 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 we need to gamble a bit here. We need to spend a bit. Yeah. But don't forget, Dealer and Michael Wynne-Jones have placed their trust in in people before. Yeah. McNally, Jez Moxie. And those decisions are still burning us. We got promoted from the championship and we had to pay Stephen Naismith one million pounds, one million pounds because of someone's 
negligence when it comes to transfer fees. So slag Stuart Offers not signing uh, signing players, slag Delia Delia off Delia off. That okay, I, I kind of kind of get it, but Delia has saved our football club, and I know people don't care about that because we're in the Premier League. I get that, but it's so easy to say, oh Delia out, Delia out. By the way, for all we know. Delia and Michael and Jones might want out. They might want to sell this football club because they've saved us and they keep getting this shit every single time that our club is, is not succeeding because of the management and the recruitment, not because of her. We don't see Ma- Michael and Jones come on at left back. We don't see <laughs> Smith coming on up, up front. We see, we see Josip Dermich, who's dropping Cinderella, be my Cinderella. Woo-woo-woo. Like, Delia isn't on the pitch. She's not taking the cream off the top. And I, and I understand why people are frustrated about the board. I really do. But please word it in a sense of we need investment to move forwards. But anyone with half a football brain knows that. And of course, Delia and Michael and Jones know that. Know that. Of course, Stuart Weather knows that. I, I think it's pretty clear that the whole club do know that. Now, Jack, is this? I feel like I don't know if, the, if we've got loads of people still, but perhaps we should um, read out the message. Is that a good time? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. So, um, yeah, I just want to quickly say before Chris reads uh, this text that he received earlier, thanks to everyone who donated to our Kofi page. It's the top link of YouTube and the top link of Facebook. Thank you to Phoebe Langdale. Thank you to Shane, Nation Ash, um, Ashforth, Dave Smith, Blair, Jimmy Elvin um toby willoughby will all of you have uh, donated during the stream we'll get to your questions in a bit i'll also drop you an email later on thank you so much it helps support these live streams it helps keep these running and hopefully you enjoy them as much as we do because uh, we've very much enjoyed it but yeah chris um go ahead well i just wanted to share this um because I asked permission and I just I just thought it was really interesting. And by, by the way, I'm, I'm so sorry before I read this. And this is this just shows that I am reading the comments. June Blind Jack just getting up the comment from NCFC 1902 on YouTube. Which one? Uh, he says, bored kiss ass Chris Reeve. Yeah. <laughs> I really, really, really want to address this, guys. Because of the media work that Jack and I have done, we have been invited with the other press to go to an academy dinner. And for some reason, I ended up on a table next to her. I'm not kissing the board's ass at all. Genuinely not. I'm very thankful what they've done. And I will say, and I, of course, would say to Delia, and we were discussing it, that of course we need new investment to progress as a football club. I'm not just saying we need to keep the board. I love Delia, you know, all of this stuff. I'm extremely thankful for what they've done. But we also know, and I believe, that we have to get new investment to stay in the Premier League. It's as simple as that. There is no way, as Stuart Webber said, as as Daniel Farkas said, it would be a miracle to stay in the Premier League with the current investment structure that we've got. We know that. But we've invested elsewhere. You know, what we've done to the the back end of the football club this season has been phenomenal. And a lot of people have have slagged that off. But one of the things that that I think is quite interesting, Jack, is a lot of people in football um, are always focused on the short term, but never on the medium or long term. What we have done this season behind the scenes will pay off big time in two or three or four seasons time. And then you'll be extremely thankful that the decisions were made how they were this season. Now, anyway, moving back to the text. This is how much people care. Final whistle goes and completely unprompted. 
I get a text from Ben Kensel. Now, of course, everyone, and I'm sure the comments will go off now. Oh, yeah, the memberships guy, blah, blah, blah. Well, Ben Kensel, by the way, he admitted that that was wrong. And he's he's addressed that situation. And this is how much he cares about this football club. He texts me saying, I'm sorry for this season. I'm devastated for all the fans and staff of this great football club. We have to come back stronger and better. So that stunned me. And I messaged him back saying, I really appreciate it, of course. And I actually said, of course, everything's always private. But do you mind if I read this out to, to on the TNC Live tonight? And he put, that's fine, Chris. I promise you, we will do everything in our power to come back stronger and better for the fans as they have been unbelievable. They have been unbelievable. So I, th I think I thought that that was very interesting. And, and I thought that it was powerful, Jack. We've got people in this club that, that really, truly care about our direction and what they're doing going forwards. And a lot of people, it's so easy to blame the board now. It really is. But they will do everything that they can to make it up. And, and by the way, this might all be a very bad dream. Yeah. But it might not be a nightmare because we might go on to recruit some extraordinary talent in the summer and go up to the Premier League again, Jack. So this might just be a bad dream. It might be. And of course, I hope that. But I just really I really wanted to I really wanted to to read that text with people because a lot of people, a lot of people don't don't see a lot of those things and a lot of those messages behind the scenes, not just to me, with other people as well. And it, I think it's fair to say that Stuart Weber, Ben Kensel, the board, they really care about the fans. They yeah. really care. No, I, th I think that I think that look, it's been horrendous on the pitch this season, and and recruitment's been poor. But I think if we strip everything back and we maybe take a bit of emotion out of all this, we're still very raw. Relegation hurts, right? And that's fine. We do have people at the at the club that that care deeply, even away from board level. Like we've got a lot of fans working at the club, uh, and they care deeply. Not only are they doing a fantastic job professionally, but they're emotionally invested. You don't get that a lot at a lot of clubs. So. Look, we do have people that, that care. We have to also hold people to account. Um, NCFC1902 has responded. He said, fair play, lads. Thanks for addressing my points. Can't fault you. Uh, look, if you've got criticisms of us or the club, we will read them out. We will give a right of reply. Uh, we hope that nothing is personal. We are just discussing what we think. And uh, and this is a game of opinions, right? We're, we're, uh, just, um, we're just talking. Um, okay, let, let's... Look forward then. So it's championship football next season. Um, we, we've spoken in post or previous podcasts about the players that we would like to keep and that we we think will probably lose. So if you're wanting to hear that, then maybe go and watch um, previous episodes of this. But what do you want to see change going into next season. Now, that can be players, that can be tactics, that can be management, that can be whatever you like. But we obviously know that we need to adapt. That's maybe a better word than change because what we've seen this season hasn't been good enough. And unfortunately, we're going into a new season with a, um, a smaller time scale in between. So, it's you know, these results are going to be fresher in the mind. Um, and I'm, I'll be surprised if we win another game this season. So, it's going to be tough going into next season. But there is still a chance, of course, that we can bounce back. So what needs to happen for promotion next season? Well, Jack, I've, I've already, you know, touched on it, actually. I, I think that 
if we go down and, and Daniel Farker stays in his position, which, by the way, I think will come into question even more when we inevitably get mauled to death in the final games. Sorry to say that. It really hurts me too. Um, I'm not going to put lipstick on a pig anymore, as I've said. Um, I think if Daniel Farker stays, we have to make wholesale changes to that football, to the football team, Jack. I'm not necessarily talking about the uh, potentially the, 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 the starting lineup, but I'm talking about the squad in general, because we've already touched upon this, Jack. There's been players that have been left out of this Premier League team that will be brought back into the team in the Championship. Marco Steepman, Mario Vrancic. Now, my question is, are they happy with the way that they've been treated? Because time after time, the starting eleven that's been put out hasn't performed and they've not been giving a fair, given a fair chance. You know, uh, Anel Hernandez, for me, oh, utterly criminal, utterly criminal. We've been sitting on, on, on Anel Hernandez all season long. You've seen what he can do. You've seen how he puts the game to the opposition, how he puts teams on the back foot. And that's what Daniel Farkas said when he joined this football club in his first meeting. What do you bring, Daniel? And that's what he said. I bring the game to the opposition. Well, we've been sitting on Anel Hernandez all season. What is going on? So in terms of what do we do next season, Jack, I think I think we've got to bring in more experience. I also think we've got to sell some experience to contradict, to, to contradict myself. I think we've got to make some hard decisions and we've got to move people on because actually I, I think that, that it's not right. I don't think the balance is right at the moment. And, I, and I'm sure that deep down the people that are in that, in that football club will, will realise that. I also think we need to um, potentially sell players now because if it starts to go a little bit wrong in the championship – they're going to be passengers. And mm. I'm not going to name any names, but I think we all know who we're potentially getting at here. Um, I, I, I really think we need to be careful. But going into the new season, mate, I, I, I'm worried. I'm worried. And I hope to God that the players that we've brought in can deliver. But again, you know, the I'm not, I'm not sure. I find it hard to... Hard, because of the recruitment this season... I'm finding it difficult to truly believe in what's been bought in already, Jack. So I need to see something that's going to get us out of the championship. Yeah. Now you, Chris, well, hang on a minute. What the hell are you saying? You're just a fan. You're not in recruitment. You're not. You're not a football fan. You're not. You know. I, I just think that looking at the recruitment this season, I'm finding it difficult to truly believe that we can bounce back. And that's why I've said week in, week out, what I want to see before the end of the season before the end of this season is accountability mm. from all departments, Jack. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, Alex Tete, fantastic post-match today. Fantastic. But I, I, I really hope that we see something from Daniel Farker that shows that he truly wants to get us out of the league. I've seen a lot of these comments in here and this is, this isn't my opinion, but there's a lot of comments in, in this chat now, Jack, and people are saying Daniel Farker will walk. Okay. Well, I, I saw Farker's I, I saw Farker's comments post match today, and he was asked, "Will you be sacked?" He said, "There's absolutely no chance." Um, this is a really good comment from Peaky. Uh, he says, "The biggest thing that we need now is to change the feeling around the club. Need to build some positivity. Get signings in early. Sell who needs to go. We need to have more leaders, more physicality." I think that is my exact opinion. We've lacked physicality this season. 
We look smaller. We look weaker than everyone else. Um, we've definitely, definitely lacked leaders. I haven't seen a, a Bradley Johnson, a Russell Martin, a, uh, you know, a, a someone like that who will, when someone misplaces a pass or doesn't pick up their man from a corner or misses a one-on-one, -on -one, I don't see anyone screaming at each other. And that worries me because that's breeding averageness. That's breeding complacency. And once that becomes normal, yeah. then that's fine. That's acceptable. And we look, we've had podcasts before and we spoke in depth about that that game at Millwall that we lost 4-0 early days of Daniel Farker. We've had players that were in that dressing room on this podcast and they said that day that Farker didn't even raise his voice. He was he wasn't obviously happy, but he was hardly, you know, kicking the trolley over, getting the, you know, really getting into them. I need to be seeing more of that, whether that's from Farker, whether that's from players on the pitch. If Farker doesn't feel comfortable in doing that, then we need to get people in that dressing room that are comfortable with it. We need look, that's just basics of business. That's basics of anything. If you're not comfortable in doing something, but it needs to be done, you find someone else to do that. Bradley Johnson was that player for us. Russell Martin was that player for us. Michael Nelson was that player for us. Grant Holt was that player for us. I'm sure Paul Lambert was getting into players, but he also had players doing it on the pitch when he couldn't access them. We yep. need to find them leaders and we need to find them quick. This is this is a fantastic point, Jack, and, and something that I actually massively believe in. And it was an interview, I think it was when Rio Ferdinand was on Jake Humphrey's High Performance podcast recently. And he, and he said, I think Jake said to him something like, something about Fergie and Rio responded with no 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 Fergie was an exceptional manager but the changing room mm. managed itself mm. it managed itself and, and 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 I'm not sure that the the changing room is being put to good use Jack it's almost like it's quite like it's my way or the highway that's how it that's how it feels to me when when I look at this from the outside in it just feels like we're not we're not kind of enhancing those characters we're not looking after them um it, it seems like, like you look at james madison for example yeah he knew he was going to the top he knew it but there was times and this is what frustrates me that about daniel farker saying oh yeah we sold james madison i'm i'm the savior he kept james madison out of the team he put james madison out on loan what's that all about by the way I just, I don't know, mate. I, there's so many things that I, yeah, I agree with your points though. I do massively agree. Um, and, and I think that we need experience. I mean, I've seen a couple of people in, in here probably sarcastically say, bring back Gary O'Neill. But, but, but you know what, Jack, if a prime Tim Close, do you remember when we had prime Tim Close in the Premier League last time? For a little bit and then he got injured. Yeah injured didn't he but we had Gary O'Neill in that team but I actually thought that, that, that he was a he was a decent player and and most importantly he would give people a bollocking he would hold people to account and I don't necessarily think I'm now starting to believe the people that say it's not all just about pretty football it's actually about personality and character and leadership and 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 psychology, and psychology, Jack. And, and for me, the psychology since the restart has been atrocious. Just sticking on, just sticking on that point in, in terms of character of players. You know, Stewart's been very vocal in saying the way that he signs players isn't all to do with statistics and how they look on the pitch. He's also 
what kind of human they are, right? And, and what they can bring to the training ground and what they can bring to the pitch. And although we've signed Duda, who's done it in the Bundesliga, or although we've signed Dermic, who has international appearances, they might not have done it on the pitch. That's kind of, um, that happens sometimes with loan signings. You can kind of see why we signed Duda and why we signed Dermic in terms of on the field talent. They've done it at higher levels than what Norwich are at, but they just haven't done it at Norwich. I can kind of get that. What I can't see in Dermich and what I can't see in Duda and Lucas Roop and these kind of players, Ralph Farman, I don't know what they bring other than their technical ability. I don't see a leadership element. I don't see something that enhances the squad in something we haven't already got. They don't have anything to prove. They're coming on loan deals. They're The best of their careers are behind them with Duda, with Farman, with Roop. They're not young players looking to prove something, which is what brought us so much success last season, Max and Jamal and Ben and Todd. So I don't know what they were all about. They seemed very rushed. They seemed just was, lacking something. It was a problem that we had last time. Yeah, Leroy Fur, exactly the same bracket. I know, of course, much bigger money and completely different, but similar thing, Jack. I, I think that we have made that mistake again with the players we put on. I'd just like to say I'm wrong. Because Colin Anderson on Facebook has said Madison loan was under Neil. So I, I actually don't know if maybe I was wrong. So apologies if I am wrong for that. Um, and thank you for bringing that up, Colin. I'm I'm more than happy to admit when I'm wrong. No problem. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Uh, right. Let's get some Kofi questions on board. If you don't know what Kofi is, it's our little donation page where uh, we're taking questions on there as well as in the stream. This one comes in. Right. Let's see what these ones say. Um Blair says, no question, lads, just keep up the good work. Jimmy Elvin says, keep up the faith. Look, okay, let's flip this slightly, okay? It's all doom and gloom. We've just been relegated. Jimmy's just said there, keep the faith, right? All it takes for all of our opinions to be changed, and I know it's all it takes because we've been through these relegations before and we've been through promotions before. We make a couple of good signings. We bring in good money for, for Godfrey and for an Emmy, which I'm sure we will do. The club is financially stable. You go fresh into a championship season and you win the first three games. Mm. Farker's then lauded as a god. Weber's made great recruitment. It doesn't take too much to turn all of this around. But what needs to happen is that needs to happen quick. Because as you said at the very top of this show, Chris, um, the you know what we've seen in, in previous seasons is rotting away quickly. Memories fade quickly. We need to start building for, for Norwich City 3.0. We have Norwich 1.0 in that championship season. This is 2.0. This is the failed Premier League campaign when we've turned into a bit of a Premier League embarrassment. Norwich City 3.0 is the one that bounces back, is the one that gets to the Premier League again. Mm. Jack, I, something you've, you've, you've brought up a key point there, and I don't think a lot of people have thought about this. Quick. You've said quick there. Now, because of coronavirus, all of that that horrible, horrible stuff, it's, it's all right to say, well, it's all right. We'll just sell Emmy. We'll sell Ben and, uh, and, we'll, and we'll go and recruit. Mate, it's a big ask <laughs> because of the timing. Um, and, 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 of course, um, we know anyone that, that, that knows football knows that if we sell for conversation's sake, Ben Godfrey for, for conversation's sake, £20 million, that money doesn't just get paid as a lump sum up front more often than not. I think it was Harry Maguire from Leicester to Manchester United was a very rare one where we saw the full fee paid up front. I could be wrong. Feel free to let me know. Um, so 
So actually, even if we sell players, we're not going to get all that money up front. And then we've got to reinvest it. But then we've got to reinvest it before the season starts. And look, there's a lot of stuff that's up in the air at the moment. So we don't know things like the transfer window. How's that going to work? So, Jack, I love your positivity. But that's something else to think about is how quick can we do this? And I don't have all the answers and perhaps Stuart Webber will. Um, but let's, let's quickly get, you know, we're all about the yin and the yang on, on these live streams. And we're trying to incorporate all the all the opinions in the comment section. We, you know, it's funny on my Twitter feed at the moment, I get some people saying, oh, you're far too negative. What's all this about? And then I get some people saying you're far too positive. You have to hold people to account. So you're never right. But let's try and find a range of opinions here. And Phoebe Langdale, who very kindly donated on our Kofi page. So thank you, Phoebe. She says, I feel like we're going to have another huge overhaul on our hands again. I just don't know whether it'll work. I feel like we're going to have a hard job on our hands next season. Now, yes, we do, Phoebe. We do have a very tough job on our hands. And these overhauls aren't done easily. They don't happen easily. A lot of work is done to make sure they happen. All I'm, all I think about this, and and I don't think it is going to be easy next season. And you know, I'm a gambling man. I'm going to have a little bit of money on Norwich not getting promoted next season. I think it's very unlikely. It's some good teams in that division, but I wouldn't get too worried about losing key players. I think you need to start with a fresh slate. Todd, Max, Jamal, Ben. Some of them will go. Emmy. Tim Krul, maybe, Timu Puki. These are all players who we, we regard as key players, okay? Mm -hmm. But sometimes to have a fresh start, you need fresh players. You need fresh mindsets. And also, sometimes you just outgrow a club. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Todd has become um, probably Premier League standard. And I'm sure a lot of the others think that. If they don't think it, their agents certainly think it. And they will be thinking, we're not taking a 50% pay cut here. We're Premier League standard. We haven't got a very long career. We want to be earning Premier League wages for the rest of our career. I get that, okay? And you don't want players like that knocking around the club. And also, it's not a good look to the Adam Iders of the world, the, the Josh Martins of the world, the Sam McCullums of the world, who you're bringing in. And if you're not releasing these young players when they want to be released and want to be sold, they're going, actually, I'd rather have my youth development elsewhere. Because if you're not going to fulfill my wishes and my needs when it gets to that stage, I'm off. I'm off to a club that will do that. So let's not get too worried about the constant rotation of players. But I agree with Phoebe's sentiment there that it's going to be tough. And I think people saying, well, Norwich are financially stable. They'll be back. I think that's very complacent. There's a lot of work that needs to be done. I think it's very arrogant. And I think it's very disrespectful to the championship. You've got clubs like Brentford, Leeds, Derby this season, all doing very good work, all with probably more money than us and very good players in the squad. What we did last season was kind of an anomaly. Can mm. that happen again? Of course it can, but it's probably unlikely. Uh, it's a really interesting point, Jack. Uh, it's difficult, isn't it? Because, you know, you, you, you try to be positive. And I'm just, as you were speaking there, Jack, I'm scrolling through all of these live comments. Thank you so much for your comments, by the way. The amount of people that are saying, fuck out, who's the new manager? Who's your next manager? Fuck out, fuck out. And this is what is worrying me, Jack, is actually as soon as you get more than a large pocket of fans saying Daniel Fark is not the man, it's very hard to come back from that. We've seen it time after time particularly under Alex Neal, where once the fans are done, the fans are done. And I, I don't know where I sit at the moment. I don't think I'm done. I don't think I'm done. I think that we need to see wholesale changes 
to the personnel within the squad. We also need to see a conversation happen where Daniel Farker actually says it how it is, because I think we need a bit of that, definitely. Um, I just think that look, there's so many technicalities here. There's so many details. This is this is completely uncharted territory in terms of the football world because of what's happened. And Jack, you're right. You know, to be realistic is going to be extremely hard. But of course, the whole reason why we love football is the unpredictability, the the fact that we could bounce back, the fact that we could walk it, or we could be down the relegation zone. It could go horrifically wrong next season. So it's just it's a tough time, and I, and I think that. As fans, we need to try our very best to be level-headed. And this is the thing that's frustrated me, Jack. I've seen a lot of people slag us off on social media for, like, raging or being, like, dramatic or over-egging it. Like, I, I don't feel that. And I don't know, I've had so many messages from people saying, Chris, I'm so pleased that you're saying what you're saying because that's exactly how I feel. And I don't think I don't think you should hide from being pissed off because if you're pissed off, you're pissed off, right? But yeah. also, if you're comfortable with... If you're comfortable with mediocrity and you're comfortable with going down to the championship, fine. If that that's you, that's fine. Personally, I like Grant Holt. I want to be playing against the best teams in the world week in, week out, and trying our very best to cause an upset. Because that Man City game, I will take that to my grave with me. I really will, and I want to see that. Of course, I don't want to see it end up the way it has done. But there's a, there's romance of supporting this football club, and a lot of people will be hurting tonight, including me. I could barely talk to my missus earlier. I was really struggling, <laughs> but even though she was cooking me tea, bless her. But the 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 thing is, is that we we do need to try our very best to have a good night's sleep tonight, and um, hopefully, fingers crossed, think about getting out of the championship. But to try and then be realistic and try and do both sides of the coin, if we get mauled to death like we have today in each of the remaining games of the season. People will want Daniel Farker. Uh, he'll they'll want Daniel Farker gone, and, and and actually, I think it's completely valid. And I think that he might walk because if he's if he's getting turned over three, four, five nil, mate, I don't know how you could possibly cope with that. I don't like. I really don't. I think we need to. Ugh, there's so much, mate. It's it's such a tough subject. Yeah, really. I just I just want to quickly say, touching on that point, I think. Let's not get too carried away. Like, it's really tough and it's really raw. And I think yeah. that the joy of supporting Norwich City is you feel such lows like we're feeling today mm. and you feel such highs. Like last season, genuinely, I will look back on that season with such happiness in 20, 30, 40 years. I'll be telling my kids, my grandkids about it. Leeds away, Sheffield Wednesday away. Like so many wonderful days, hugging people I'd never met, having beers with people, just brilliant right like genuinely genuinely brilliant and we can't forget them moments and we can't get too caught up in all of this but we also have to we want that again that's why we love it that's why we're, we're so angry because we want that again and we're greedy in that sense and it's good to want them good things and we had that Manchester City win earlier in the season Chris when you know me you Becky Manson we were hugging in the bark it was amazing we had Newcastle Timmy Pukki scoring a hat-trick amazing times so let's not Forget them times. Um, but to counteract that, Jack, you said a key word there, which is another classic Daniel Farker, greedy. I don't think that we have 
I don't think we have been greedy. I don't think the fans have been greedy this season. I think the fans have expected the basics. I think the fans have expected that we fight to the death. I think the fans have rightly expected that we that we win more football matches than we have, certainly score more goals. I mean, some of the stats are just are completely damning. So, yeah, I, I, I agree, Jack. But at the same time, I, I need to show both sides of the coin. I completely empathise with people that are frustrated, but I also agree with what you're saying. No, spot on. This is a really lovely tweet that we've just received from Ben Detarrier. He says, watching my first ever TNC podcast live, speechless with the honesty, challenge, balanced views and emotion. You guys can never be right or wrong in some people's eyes. Reality is just stay the way you are. We all want the same NCFC success. Ben, that's so lovely, mate. Thank you so much for, for tweeting us. Look, we're not the voice of the club, right? We are speaking as a fan. Chris is speaking as a fan. You people in the comments are speaking as fans. And hopefully, with all of our different opinions, we're all coming at this at different mindsets, different stages of life, whatever. Mm. Hopefully, we can concoct some kind of balanced opinion. Like, Ooh. my opinion... Chris sometimes thinks is nonsense. I sometimes think Chris is speaking nonsense, but we're coming this at different angles, but we're all coming at it from the same point of view is that we want Norwich City to, to succeed. This is our life. We yeah. want to see Norwich do well. This is yeah. never coming from a point of, you know, hatred or or whatever. It's coming from wanting to see Norwich su to succeed, yeah. but success in everyone's mind is different. So that's all good. I also want to say, um, I'm, I might have already shouted these people out, um, Richard Churchyard and somebody, um, we, we will accept your anonymity. Thank you for donating on Kofi. The link is in the description if you want to help out uh, and support these live streams. Oscar Blythe on YouTube says, can you shout me out? There you go, Oscar Blythe, on the ball city. Um, Jack, something that I want to ask you is, who, this is going to be a hard question, in my opinion. Okay. If you had to sell one of the youngsters, who would you sell and why? Ben Godfrey. Because he's got a very good agent that will demand a high price. Um, <laughs> look, we already know that Ben's out the door, right? Like the, the amount of airtime that BT gave him today was no... Uh, coincidence, Rio Ferdinand is Ben Godfrey's agent. And every time he has a half-decent performance, Rio Ferdinand is tweeting about him. I really like Ben Godfrey. I think he's powerful. I think he's athletic. I think he's good in the air. And that's all of them traits are really highly valued in the Premier League. He's young. He, he clearly cares. Like we've heard him bark at people in the Barclay. But I don't necessarily think that he fits Certainly doesn't fit the Norwich Premier League team. I don't think he's a centre-back. If he is a centre-back and he thinks he's a centre-back, he's got a hell of a lot to learn. I've seen some very questionable positioning from him. The goal against Brighton was just the most basic run to mark and just completely lost him. And Rio, to be fair to Rio, although he's trying to sell this man, he was saying he got it all wrong. His positioning was all wrong. It was a If you haven't seen it earlier, Jake Humphrey tweeted it out. It was Rio Fernand basically explaining what Ben did wrong in the lead-up to that Brighton goal. The, the the free kick today, I looked at Ben Godfrey, I looked at Tim Close, and I saw Mikel Antonio just standing, just standing in the middle. It was not a tough run. I've seen Sunday league strikers with better movement than Antonio did for that goal, but he didn't have to move. He stood there completely in between the two defenders and nodded in. Now, I think that also comes from a, a perspective of we've hardly had a 
consistent centre-back partnership, which of course doesn't help. We've had close, we've had Zimmerman, we've had Godfrey, we've had Tete playing in there at times. Um, Grant Hanley, it hasn't been it hasn't been good. And the reason Sheffield United have done so well this season is because they haven't had many injuries and they had a consistent starting eleven every week. So, yeah, to answer your question, Chris, I think Ben Godfrey solely because I think his value is extortionately high, and I think we have to cash in before it's too late. Um, and I also think he's a good player who will get a, a good move, but I don't necessarily think he fits what we're trying to do. Yeah, I agree with you, Jack. Yeah, no, I, I was going to say the same thing. Um, I, I, I totally agree. I really do. Um, okay, Anthony Ball says Ben Godfrey is a central defensive midfielder all day long. I think I remember when, when we signed Ben Godfrey from York, He we did buy him. Uh, I think we bought him as a right-back, but I watched him play against, I'm going to say, Berry maybe in the cup when he scored a screamer on his debut. I think he played in midfield that day. Um, we've obviously tried to sculpt him as a centre back because in mm. in especially last season we were short in that position, so we needed Godfrey to fill in there, and he's just kind of stayed there. And I don't, from what I've seen from Ben Godfrey and the power and the pace that he possesses, yeah. I just don't think he's a centre back. Something that I something to, to lift the spirits potentially is um, I'm not sure if we spoke about this on air, but definitely off air. Holty said to me before he left, by the way, ridiculous. Um, he said to me, Chris, um, don't worry. I went, what do you mean, don't worry? He went, don't worry, Chris, because there are so many good players that are coming up through our academy right now. And we should take we should take faith in that. We really should, and we we should. We should take trust in that as well. You know, Holty was saying there is so many beasts. There's a lot of really good, strong oxes, uh, you know, coming through the, the the youth teams now, and they have they've obviously spent money as well, um, bringing in the right types of player. I think where they could potentially strengthen it. Something that potentially concerns me is the... Chris. Sorry to interrupt. I'm going to do this again. I'm going to quickly go to the toilet. So keep talking, and uh, I'll be back in a moment. Okay. Hey, no problem at all. I'll try and read through some questions whilst you go to the toilet, Jack. <laughs> a record live stream, and yet we uh, we 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 have to go to the toilet at some stage, guys. Thank you so much for the comments. I really really appreciate it massively. Um, I think I think it's a tough day for us all. I really do. And look, I've just had a great. There's a great comment in here from Zach Doggett on YouTube who says we have the best academy in England. Not sure about that. But we have a fantastic academy that that is definitely going to produce in years to come, and let's let's try our best. I know it's really hard, including myself, and I get caught out and I have to reel myself back in. We get caught up in the emotion of the short term, but we have to remember the medium and long term. Blooming hell, Jack, that was quick. Yeah, it's only next door, and thanks to my mum who's watching downstairs. She dropped off a little uh, emergency blackcurrant squash at the door, so thank you. Absolutely brilliant. No, thanks so much for the comments. Um, Canary Long on YouTube says Sam Byram is our best fullback. Um, a fantastic shout. I actually forgot that Sam Byram existed. Forgive me. You know, fantastic player, Jack. That of course we've got if Max Aarons gets poached from a from a I big. Think, yeah, quickly staying on that point, Chris. Thanks for filling in, mate. That's seamless. Um, seamless work from you. I agree with with Canary Long here. That I think Sam Byram is our best fullback. As a defender, but I don't think Sam Byram's necessarily our best fullback in the system we want to play. And I think the system that we've wanted to play this season has been our downfall. The success that we had in the championship was 
of course, Pukki scoring goals and Vrancic being amazing and Stiefman scoring goals, blah, blah, blah. The main reason we won football matches last year were, were Jamal Lewis and Max Aaron bombing up from fullback. We play them players so unbelievably high. And because the quality in the championship is that little bit lower, a lot lower in some cases, even if we had players getting in behind them, we could often get away with it because they'd fluff their lines or misplace the cross. You can't do that in the Premier League. Antonio gets in behind you. Salah gets in behind you. Aubameyang gets in behind you. You know, Abraham gets in behind you. If, you. if you get caught out with your fullbacks, it's a, it's a goal conceded. And then you're chasing the game. So you throw your fullbacks higher up the pitch. And then we misplace a cross. And then we get hit with it again. We said it at the top of the show. One, it's arrogance that we think that this can still work when it clearly doesn't. And we saw that very early on and we've stuck with it and it hasn't worked and it will continue to fail for the rest of this season. And it's also not having the, the quality of players to get in behind the fullbacks and defend, to keep the ball, to score your chances when you get the chances. Because we, we've had chances this season, we just haven't scored them. Um, so it's a mixture of lack of quality and it's a mixture of the opposition having a lot more quality than championship teams do. Yeah, I think my point on that particular uh, topic, Jack, is that I don't think the cover has been there for those lads because they've bombed forwards in the championship, but they've had Christoph Zimmerman mopping it up for them. Yeah. And we've had we've we've had to play him close because of the injury to Grant Hanley, who's only played what four games this season. I might be right in saying I could be wrong. Feel free to let me yeah. know. I am. Now Tim Close is is for me, understandably rusty, despite his experience and his pedigree, um, in terms of, you know, bought him in originally as a Premier League footballer for, for, for big money for us at the time, you know, that's really difficult. And I think that if we had Christoph Zimmerman in that side, um, you would see us be a bit more resolute. When you've got Alex Tete, again, I respect Alex Tete, but he's a midfielder, he's not a defender. So when you've got Alex Tete trying desperately to have the legs to get back to actually cover for those boys, you're fighting an uphill battle. But yeah. I would also agree, Jack, that, that, that we need to work on our def on our on our defensive uh, mindset. We don't know where that's coming from. Is Daniel Farker telling um, Max and, and Jam to, to to crack on and bomb forwards all the time? Well, I think it's the system and a comment I keep keep coming back to week in, week out, because it, it really struck a chord with me, was that was the comment from a Brighton fan that said, we came up with the same philosophy that you did and we scrapped it for two seasons until we had the money to invest in better quality players that could adapt or, or that could fit into that system. I think that's bang on. I'm not slagging any of the players off. I think they've been thrown under the bus in, in occasions because we've tried to keep with this system and it clearly is not working. Um Coming back to the point quickly about the players that would be happy to sell. DJ, I'm friend of the channel, says, I wouldn't be too upset if Lewis and Aaron's are sold. McCallum and Byram are brilliant replacements. Selling assets isn't always a bad thing. And I'd agree to an extent. I think Jamal's great. I think Max is great. I think they'll get Premier League moves. And I agree. We've got replacements there for them. Um, they'd be phenomenal in the championship. I have to sit on the other side of the fence. I think they'd both be phenomenal in the championship. If we had actually a consistent centre-back partnership, Jack, those two are way better. Like they're both better than Norwich. They'll play for big clubs. You know, I, I, I don't. I wouldn't want to see those leave. I would just like to say, actually, Jack, I wouldn't normally respond to trolls, but I feel it's slightly appropriate actually because we're trying to be level. We're trying to be balanced. We're trying to be honest, and I really want to bring it up. Uh, comment here from Tom Kirk UK on YouTube. 
Top suggestions so far from these two. Bring back Gary O'Neill and Michael Nelson. Couldn't make it up. Tom, I've seen multiple comments from you tonight, um, you know, jabbing at me and Jack. Feel free to feel free to, to go. You don't have to sit here and watch us and spend your time and attention um, watching us. And I really appreciate your comment. Thank you for watching. Yeah, thanks for watching, Tom. And uh, go to our Ko-Fi page. Uh, it's linked in the description. Make a donation if you fancy it, mate. Um, okay, Chris, we've been banging on for an hour and 30 now. And thank you. There's still way over a thousand of you watching, which is uh, which is baffling, really. Well, not baffling, but it's it's brilliant. To us. <laughs> um, where do where do we wrap this up? Where do we wrap this up? Because we've talked about Fart, we've talked about Weber, we've talked about the board, we've talked about the players. I guess the well, how do we finish this? Is is it a message to the fans? Is it a message to the club? Is it what um, mindset for the final four games of this Premier League season? God, there's quite a lot there, Jack. I think it's really hard to. Well, I'm not going to tell the fans how they should feel because that's frustrated me off the back of today's relegation. Fans telling other fans how to feel. If you're pissed off, be pissed off. If you're happy with going down, that's okay as well. You know, if you're if you feel safe and secure, that that's okay as well. If you're happy with the finances, that's fine. Whatever your take is on it, it's fine. It's a game of opinions. I don't think we can necessarily say, Jack, here's what we should do as supporters for the rest of the season, because that's completely dictated on on how Daniel Farker rallies his players. Because now, for me. You know, I think that the players need to be told, you want a big move? You think you're good enough? Put in a performance, yeah? But also, um, we, we obviously need to see um, Daniel Farker, you know, come out and take some responsibility to it. I still think there's, I still think that he's he's dodging taking responsibility for what's happened since the restart. I'm not saying Farkow. I just think the way he's approaching the press conferences just isn't fair for the supporters. We can read through the spiel now. We, we, we need something different because if we continue in the way that we are, more fans will want you out and that's going to be really hard to get back on. But in terms of looking forward to Jack and what we do for the rest of the season, park the bus. Park the bus. Um, and by the way, I'm so sorry to say that. And I never thought I would say that. But mate, we're about to come up against Manchester City, Chelsea. If we try and play this expansive, pretty, supposedly fark ball, I, I really do think we'll be mauled to death. And I don't want to be embarrassed anymore. I just want to be proud of my team. So I'd rather see a resolute performance where we try and nick a draw than get smashed four or five nil. That's what I think. No, I, I agree, mate. Um, I think what I'd like to see from Norwich City this season, you know what? I'd like to see Daniel Farker go, I'm going to be the anomaly here. Um, Alex Neal took us down, got sacked, didn't bring us back up. Neil Adams took us down, got sacked, didn't bring us back up. Nigel Worthington took us down, got sacked, didn't bring us back up. What I'd love to see from Daniel Farker is I'd love to see him go, look, I'm not getting sacked. He's already said that. He's clearly got the security from the board and Stuart Webber that he will be sticking around at least past the end of this season and probably towards the start of next season. I want to see him go, look, I'm going to be the one that's, that proves that I can be a manager that takes Norwich down and also bring us back up. Do I think that's going to happen? I think it's very unlikely. And I think Daniel Farker won't be here too much longer. Um, just going off of history. Wow. I think that's all, all we can look at, right, as fans is evidence. When, when has a manager taken Norwich down and brought us back up? in recent times that hasn't happened. Mm. It will be very surprising if that happens again. 
I just That's think all I'm saying. give some fans some give the fans some words that we believe in, that we can back, that we can get behind. Honesty, transparency, passion, belief, accountability. You know, just 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 come on. Like that's all we want as fans. But Jack it's worth uh, mentioning we've got Manchester City on the final day of the season. It's the 57th minute in their game against Brighton, and they're currently 4 0 up. Um, oh, <laughs> I mean, that's the kind of you know, that's the kind of team we've got to come up against. Right, look. We're going to wrap things up here. Um, we will be doing one of... What's our next game? I don't even know. <laughs> Norwich fixtures. I, I, I just want to say a huge thank you to everyone watching tonight. I really appreciate it. Thank you for all your comments. Don't forget that we're genuinely here to have this community, this, this conversation with you. We love getting your opinions no matter what. Uh, if you think Delia out, Park out, whatever, it doesn't matter. We're here to, to discuss Norwich, to come together as a community, particularly through these these tough times. So for me, massive thank you for continuing to support uh, Norwich City, uh, talk Norwich City and Norwich City. I, I really appreciate it. It means a lot. Thanks so much for, for watching tonight, everyone. Yeah, definitely. Um, thank you very much for watching. As I'm going to say one more time, we have got a Kofi page. Essentially what it is, is you can donate the equivalent of a cup of coffee, which in our case is three pounds. That goes to producing these live streams um, and just the general costs of Talk Norris City. It's all listed over there. The links in, are in the description or the Facebook page. Uh, thanks to everyone who's donated throughout the day. I'll be emailing you later on today, if not in the morning. Um, it really, really does mean a lot. Thank you for watching. If you're listening on iTunes, uh, thank you. Hit subscribe on YouTube. We'll be back again on Tuesday night when we take on Chelsea um, away from home. Although they did lose for Sheffield United today, so we might have a chance. Um, yeah, United, Jack. <laughs> it's true. Um, look, we'll be playing championship football next season. A lot of the players won't be here, but we will be here as fans. So from me, from Chris, uh, thank you for, 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 for watching um, and we'll see you all again in the next few days. Bye-bye. Kick it off. Throw 